Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this week's edition of the Insane Things Podcast, where we count down the insane things that happened this week. We'll start with one insane, how appropriate, all-encompassing clip that shows you the absolutely broad, insane scope of the Biden administration's ambitions for destruction. It was just a short clip buried in the middle of a CNN interview, but I didn't miss it. In it, Heather Boucher, economic advisor to the White House, speaking on behalf of the Biden administration, admitted the scale of their ambition. No more oil. They want to wean themselves off the world oil markets entirely. Stick with me. In a minute, I'll explain what this will mean for your life. For countries like the United States and Europe, of of course, is taking concrete steps to wean ourselves off of these global oil markets, because that is what's making all of these economies so vulnerable right now. It's why the president continues to focus on his clean energy agenda. You realize 60 percent of what's on that market is put into engines. The other 40 percent is used to make almost everything you use in your life. So now you know. When the folks at the Great Reset say, you will have nothing and you will be happy, they are legit, not joking. Many of your medicines made with oil. The keyboard and computer right here on my desk, plastics, all of which are made with oil. The pen in my hand right now, oil, it'll have to go. This coffee cup right here has a plastic lid, gotta go. My pocketbook, yep, synthetic leather, oil, has to go. The seats in your car, oil, has to go. Your sofa, yeah, that too. Many of our medicines, again, made with oil. The fertilizers that grow the crops you eat, oil, which is why, let's hit an insane item early, which is why this week you saw the Canadian government forward an $8.5 million federal subsidy to an insect production plant. They're not joking. Fully intend for us to eat bugs. Understand, folks, I'm not suggesting they're going to succeed. I'm trying to educate you on the mad, wide, demonic scope of their scheme. Because the more people come to understand it, the easier it will be to stop it. Nobody captured, this is insane thing number two, the situation better this week than Jason Tennant, CEO of Strategist Resource Policies on the Battleground Podcast. But it is very clear that this administration really doesn't have an economics policy. It doesn't have an energy policy. It has an environmental policy, or at least the environmental policy supersedes the other things that we should be worried about, which is price stability, full employment, uh, providing the right types of circumstances for businesses to grow their businesses. All of that is secondary to the secular religion of environmentalism. Nailed it the secular religion of environmentalism. 
It is a religion, and it has one central faith tenant. And it's an article of faith. There's no fact behind it. If they skyrocket energy prices some way, somehow, some guy in a market somewhere will come up with a way to power everything affordably with natural energy. All they got to do is take away the energy we have and induce panic. And the people who be managing this economy, this panic, well, that leads us to insane thing number two. The Biden administration, where 62% of officials, according to the UK Mail and economist Stephen Moore, who did the study, don't have any business experience. They've never had a job in the private sector. The rest averaged two and a half years. That's it. In any kind of business or private sector nonprofit job. These are the people who will lead us through the biggest, and this is insane thing, number three, economic crisis. America has faced in recorded economic history, the 17% inflation rate. You're thinking, wait a minute, I heard it was 9.1. Well, that's what they're saying. That's how they calculate it with the formula they're using now. But if we use the formula that we use, that our federal government used in the 1970s, we'd be at 17%. What was the top inflation rate we reached in the 1970s and late 80s during that crisis? 15%. We've never been here before. And that's really, really scary. 9.1, not real. Now, they've made two major changes to that government formula. That's why inflation looks so low. It's hiding two things. That the real rate, 17%. You can actually see this on the website, shadowstats.com. All they do is use that 1970s inflationary calculation formula that our federal government used to calculate today's rate of inflation. So you can see what they're hiding. So this band of bandits in the Biden administration that's going to lead us through the worst inflation ever recorded in America has no business experience. In fact, they were likely hired for their contempt of American success, prosperity, and business acumen, which is probably how we found ourselves at insane thing number four. The bizarre spectacle before the world of an American president going to Saudi Arabia to beg them to produce more oil when everyone damn well knows we have more than anybody else on earth right here. That led to the president of the American Petroleum Institute winding up on national television stammering and apoplectic. Because see, the American Petroleum Institute has begged Biden to meet with them, to tour our facilities. So they can explain that we produce it greener, better, and cleaner than anyone Earth on Earth, especially Saudi Arabia. In fact, they've begged him since he took office to meet with them. In just the last month, again, the American Petroleum Institute, which joined with 27 other energy associations, urged President Biden and his cabinet to just visit them, talk with them, sit down with them. They're willing to help. They can help. They can bring down the price at the pump. They can bring down the price of diesel and they can bring down inflation and the price of food with it. They want to talk to him, but he won't even respond to their letters or their phone calls. Yet he'll fly to Saudi Arabia to grovel at the feet of a regime he once condemned. Under President Trump, We put about 13.5 million barrels of oil on the world market today. Because of Joe Biden's 70 regulations, 
that's down to about 11 million. Prices won't come down significantly. They'll bounce up and down, sure. And we'll get a little relief as we head into severe recession because there'll be less demand for driving. But we won't get any relief until we go back up to that 13.5 or the 15 million that John Katsimides, that refinery CEO billionaire, says he's easily capable of producing. We have it. We just have to put it on the market. They're begging Biden to help, which leads us to insane thing number five. This Fox News segment, which pretty much encapsulates the whole thing. See, the American people are beginning to get an idea that we might be kneecapping the oil supply. But what they don't really understand is how utterly, completely and profoundly wealthy this nation is. That $30 trillion debt, we could pay it down. We could have a lifestyle we can't even imagine. Even if the dollar crashed, we could have it. If Americans could just understand one thing, the good Lord in heaven, that's how I look at it. You can look at it however you want. Gave us unimaginable wealth. It's under the ground waiting for a time just like this. And this is precisely why Biden can't meet with these oil execs. Because somebody would want to film it. And the American people might just find out, well, I'll let them tell you how much we have. The, they might get an idea of what kind of lifestyle we'd have if we ever got it. They might end up in front of the White House with pitchforks if they understood it. Because we have billions of barrels of oil. And that's just in the Permian. We don't need to print trillions of dollars and drive inflation to record highs. We could sell what we have and be paying cash. By the way, it doesn't count the 100-year supply of natural gas underneath our feet, too. All of it recoverable. America produces more oil than any other country, over 11 million barrels daily. But the president is set to meet with Saudi leaders today to ask them to pump more oil overseas. Lauren Simonetti is from our sister network, Fox Business, and she went to talk to American oil producers in West Texas and New Mexico to see how they feel about that request overseas. Lauren. Well, it just adds insult to injury, right? I'm standing on 12 billion barrels of untapped oil. The U.S. has more oil than Saudi Arabia, yet we're going there to ask them for their oil. So we came here. I sat down with five oil and gas CEOs and presidents, and I asked them, What's the problem? What are your impediments? Why do you always feel vilified? And, you know, how can you be part of the solution? Here's their answers. They talk about energy independence in America, and we have all the resources to be energy independent, but we're not. What frustrates me is that you're really throwing the baby out with the bathwater. These oil fields of West Texas are blessed with billions of barrels of American oil, with billions more waiting to be extracted. There are 12 billion barrels of oil yet to be produced in the Permian Basin alone. And on the other side of the basin, in New Mexico, they're bogged down with red tape. The permits are 12 months. We've talked a lot about that. How do we navigate this when we have been demonized and nobody wants to put new capital in? And then all of a sudden, it, it's not flipping the switch, especially when it takes 12 months. As President Biden travels to Saudi Arabia to ask for increased oil production, U.S. companies say that the solution to our crisis is right here at home. Our president is over there today sucking up to the crown prince, and, you know, he's going to be asking him for more oil, I'm sure. 
If I'm a betting man, I'm saying it's not going to happen. And, Will, the Permian Basin basically says, we're not asking for help. We're just asking you to get out of the way. And I want to give you one story that I've heard a lot. So labor is an issue for all 100 vendors at this well site right now. So what they're doing to get the workers is they're going all across the country, right, bringing folks in from Michigan, for example. When they're working, they need somewhere to stay. They have these trailer housing complexes, very nice. $65 per worker per night. We're 150 miles from the border. The illegal immigrants, Will, are coming up here, and the federal government is offering the owners of those housing complexes $750 a night for one illegal immigrant. And some of the owners of that housing say $65, $750. We're going to go with $750, and that just adds another headache to the oil companies trying to find the workers to get more oil out to bring down your gas prices. That is an incredible note. Literally. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Right now, as I record this, I'm watching the Fox News headline buzz across the TV. Long lines return to food banks as inflation soars. That last clip encapsulates everything that is wrong right now. But the good news is it's not just here and around the world. People are beginning to catch on. You won't catch on to that if you watch Fox News, nor most of the other cables. They're burying it. But country after country, they're overthrowing their leaders or spitting in their faces. They've had it with globalism. They've had it with all of this. The globalist leaders of Italy and Estonia, out this week. In Sri Lanka, the leaders of the parliament have fled the country because they're afraid for their lives, but also because they have nowhere to live since the people have burnt their houses to the ground. Good. They were socialists, and they were implementing the same green agenda that Biden intends to implement here by 2035. They were just doing it by 2030. You see how that ended. Sri Lanka, in just six months, went from a food exporting country to a food importing country. And the people took over the prime minister's mansion. He fled for his life, too. He doesn't even dare reside in the country. The news just gets better, though. The people spat in the face of Emmanuel Macron this week. And I was thrilled to see this because it was done by a coalition of the far right and the far left. I'm waiting for the far left to get sick and tired of this fascist corporate authoritarian dictatorship. I thought they hated big companies. Why are they letting Pfizer tell them what to do all over the world? Something has to give. And in France, it did. It was a sign of the direction of things. The far right and the far left banded together to vote down vaccine passports. Remember, vaccine passport is essentially electronically asking your government for permission to enter anywhere you want to go. But remember, it's worse than that. That passport tracks you everywhere you want to go. The right, the far right and the far left um, in the French legislature high-fived and screamed with joy as they took that legislation down. It was a brutal defeat for one of globalism's biggest goals, an international ID that controls every single thing you do. 
under the guise of COVID. They lost. But the big story they're all burying was the Netherlands. By now you know the military's in the street in the Netherlands, because you listen to this podcast, and so are 30,000 farmers who are using their heavy farm equipment as machinery of war. Peaceful war so far. You could do a lot with that stuff. Block traffic. Well, a thing happened this week that gave me chills. Thousands. You should see the video. It's on my Twitter feed if you want to look it up. Thousands of German farmers on their equipment rolling over the border into the Netherlands to join them. This is a revolt. And this means people are getting it. And this means that they understand better in Europe because this stuff is far more uh, further along than it is here. This means the people will stand and will fight. Globalism took a big beat down this week. But we have so much more to do. Speaking of major losses for the globalists that are wins for us and people who want to live in freedom and prosperity everywhere rather than as slaves to the global cabal, I got good news. It's insane thing number six. The insane part is what they were going to do. I opened my radio show on Monday in a frothing panic because over the weekend the news broke that West Virginia Democrat Senator Joe Manchin had cracked and agreed to a version of the Biden Build Back Better bill, which would have printed nearly a trillion dollars. Folks, remember TARP when we flipped out over $786 billion of printing? And now we're like, ah, infrastructure deal trillion here, rescue plan two trillion there. This is why we're broke. This is why we have 17% effective inflation. But folks, they had finally gotten Manchin to cave. Remember, Manchin was the one blocking all of this in the Senate. And the bill was a total horror. It would have levied a trillion dollars worth of new taxes on small business. Remember we learned about small business in yesterday's podcast? 35% of small businesses, according to a lineable survey, they surveyed 5,200 small business owners, 35% of small businesses defaulted on their rent payments in June. The Democrats were going to tax them a trillion dollars. Oh my gosh. This would have ended the Trump tax cuts, which you remember raised taxes for the upper middle class and the rich, but lowered taxes for the middle class. So what it would have done um, would, would be to tax the middle class. That would have been a disaster. But the biggest disaster in there after the printing that would have further raised your food prices and the prices of everything else, the biggest disaster in there would have ended the one thing that was the true economic engine of the Trump. Nobody knows what it was or even that it happened. We used to be the only major industrialized country on earth that would tax corporate profits when they were returned to the U.S. by corporations headquartered here. This is why so many of our, head, our our corporations ended up headquartered in Ireland and other places like that. And why the media for years, and I would always read their articles, would whine and complain about the trillions in investable funds that were hidden overseas. They weren't hidden at all. These companies just weren't stupid enough to give like a third of that money uh, I'd be around 25 to 33% to the federal government for the privilege of repatriating it so they can invest. Trump threw that out and brought us into the modern world aside all the European countries. And we had a boom. Billions, and but hundreds of billions of dollars of new investment every quarter, quarter after quarter after quarter after quarter. 
each billion dollars of investment, the Wall Street Journal said at the time, generated over 7,000 jobs. This is why everybody had money in their pockets during the Trump era. This new Build Back Better bill would have ended that, cutting America off from the lifeblood of investment. All those three things together, a brutal death blow. Increasing inflation, which it would have done for more printing, but an absolute direct attack on the middle class and small businesses, while large existing businesses inside the country would profit because the Democrats aren't going to do any violence to their friends. Yeah, well, after getting a look at that 9.1, really 17% inflation number on Tuesday, Manchin caved. He's not voting for it. It's dead. Oh, thank God for that. But I want you to understand the destruction mentality of the people running this country because I'm telling you, on Monday, Chuck Schumer, the Democrats, Biden, they all knew what that inflation number was going to come at. I mean, it come in at. I mean, because it comes from the federal government, right? And in the face of that, they were going to raise taxes, decimate investment, tax the middle class. It tells you what their agenda is. It's destruction, unmitigated destruction. But they got chop blocked by Manchin. So by the end of the week, they'll back better. Was dead. Burnett. with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.